0: Oh, I'm not going to sit and give you a load of crappy platitudes. I worked my
1: whole life for today, I'm so fucking proud of them. Chelsea women are going to the Champions League final. Welcome to Fran Kirby's Fight Club. I am Andre Carlisle. I am here with my co-host, Miriam. Miriam, how are you doing? I think there can only be one answer
0: ah <laughs> <That's gross. laughs> my answer is a scream of emotion because I, I like you i just it's just so much happening right now i think we're recording at a perfect time right after the game so you guys are really going to get like a, the raw edition of um, of this podcast
1: you're absolutely going to get the raw edition in fact like i've been so like just so full of energy from watching that match that like I'm i, <laughs> I i'm i can't promise what emotion is going to come out <laughs> it might be excitement it might just be full on tears because I am so mm-hmm. like I was this was a wild, wild match. And this was such an accomplishment. Emma Hayes' reaction got to me just seeing, you know, Fran got. To, OK, We'll we'll get into we'll recap the match and find some yes. structure to this so that we could actually talk about the match a bit more than us just blubbering. But what a match. What a match. The second leg of Chelsea versus Bayern in the semifinal of the Women's Champions League ended four to one. That scoreline is a tad misleading. (laughs) It wasn't really like that for the majority of the match. Uh, Bayern, that's a team right there. I just want to give them like a whole lot of credit right Mm -hmm. off the front. I mean, Bayern were and are an amazing team. I mean, I I'm sure you have. In fact, let's just go ahead and do that right now. Let's talk a little bit about Bayern first uh, before we get into the, like the full match recap. What were your thoughts on this team? I mean, I know you know we we knew that they had basically taken the Frauen Bundesliga, you know, charge. Well, <laughs> we'll see if they end up winning that. But you know, they they've been doing much better than Wolfsburg the entirety of the season domestically. And we didn't really know what type of team we were running into, you know, their last, you know, Champions League match wasn't of the kind of caliber of of opponent that like Chelsea faced, but Bayern still looked good having faced them face to face now in two legs. How do you assess Bayern?
0: I think we knew what we were coming up against. And I guess by we, I mean, me and you, because we did the research. We pointed out the different areas in which Bayern are strong. And we saw those areas in action. We saw how good they were in transitioning on the counter-attack. We saw how well they played centrally through Darman And we saw how well they utilised their flank area and really put pressure on John Anderson down that um, that left-hand side. And I think that was quite difficult for us to deal with. But once again, and and I like to give myself a little bit of credit on this. Emma Hayes learned so much from oh, first yes. legs. And it's like she you know, she sees a bad performance and she picks up on it and bam, it's like a whole other Chelsea. You haven't met this Chelsea. They they level up and they learn so well, and that's something we complained a little bit about in the beginning of the season. That Emma Hayes wasn't learning from her mistakes, that she was playing the same players, but she picked up on Brian's counter attack. She picked up on how they were performing, and she said, "You know, we're going to out Brian, Brian." So it's just it's crazy, and I think that Brian did really well to to put us on the back foot and to apply that pressure, but they came up again to Chelsea who, as Emma has mentioned, it's been nine years in the works for reaching this stage and they were simply outplayed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that is that, that ends the byron credit, although we, we are going to talk about their goal. Cause that was an outrageous goal, but um, the rest of it, this is all about Chelsea. This is all about Emma Hayes. This is all about, like you said, that nine year project. This was incredible. I mean, the, the match started out 10 minutes in Fran Kirby gets the goal, kind of settles everybody. Great goal. In fact, That goal was so fun to watch happen because even though Byron had numbers back, we knew that it was Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby on a counter. A a shot is going to happen. (laughs) Nine times out of ten in those circumstances, they manufacture a shot. And it was wild to see them go up, be so outnumbered, be the only two players with the pace in order to keep up, you know, to keep that pressure on. I think Jess Carter was behind them quite a few yards behind them. Uh, coming up, I believe it was Just Carter. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. You have to forgive me if I get like a couple <laughs> things wrong. My brain is like I'm floating right now. But remember uh, that on that counter, it was just those two. And Sam Kerr does a great job of checking the ball inside and putting it right to the space where Fran Kirby is running, so that she can take a touch and then a shot. It was such an outstanding goal. What was your view of it?
0: Yeah, I think exactly that. I think buying were caught on the break, but as you mentioned, even then it was like two against four. And I think both Samka and Fran Kvy made really good utilisation of the space that was available. Samka drew away the defenders and, and Fran Kvy knew where she was going to be. She knew where the ball was going to be played and, and that relationship, even though it was like you meant, like I said, it's two against possibly three or four, that relationship was so devastating that Vine simply couldn't keep up. We mentioned before how slippery Samka is in the box and she really was causing a lot of trouble. And we're going to see that um in some of the goals we discussed, actually, positioning the Chelsea players in the box was really causing the defense of Bayern to be quite dysfunctional, and that's where the gaps were sort of appearing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just can't say enough about that combination of Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby and just Fran Kirby, period. I mean, I, I know she was, you know, we, we saw on social media, she came out after leg one and was pretty down about the mistake that led to Bayern's second goal um she was was it their second goal or was it their first I think it was oh, the was first. It? oh no I'm sorry that was the Manchester City oh. I told you guys <laughs> my brain is struggling so it was after the Manchester City match where she came out and felt like she you know had let the team down and giving up that goal but this is this is Fran Kirby we like like I think we were replied from the from the podcast account like do not even think about that you have done and will do so much more. And I think this is part of it right here is getting the goal to ease the team, to settle the team, you know, and, and actually we didn't even bring this up. Magda Erickson was back.
0: Oh yeah. Magda
1: was back. Like how, in fact, let's let's stop the goal thing there because I, I jumped into that too early and I'm sorry guys for the jumping around. <laughs> You'll have to forgive this, but I want to talk about some of the lineup changes and Magda Erickson being back. Let's start with the captain. How important was having her back?
0: Well, oh, I think we kind of mentioned how we saw our defence play when she's not there. Like, There's so much of a credit to her. I mean, Millie Bright is an amazing player, but it's quite she behaves quite dysfunctionally when she's not playing against Magda. And I think that stability was retained. Bayern knew they couldn't attack us centrally through Dalman because the same way they were getting through with Bright and Ingle, they, were, they knew they weren't going to get that way through with Eriksen and, and Bright. They weren't attacking us centrally and there were even quite a lot of gaps open which meant that we could actually counter-attack through our own defence. And all of that just because Mag Derrickson is back. I mean, how powerful of a player do you have to be to be able to change games like that just because of your presence and, and your positioning and your your leadership at the back? I think I think um, Emma Hayes knew that she had to have a back in if there was going to be a chance there because although we did struggle in the first half from an attacking perspective, the biggest problem probably would have been the central defence for her.
1: Yeah, I think that is like a massive, 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 um, like quality for a center back when your absence doesn't just affect the defense, it affects the rest of the entire team, every other line, midfield and def- and, and attack. Magda Erickson does. She's one of those rare center backs that is just needed <laughs> for the whole team to play like the team can play. And it's and it's and diff- it's interesting though, because I was really focusing on her during this match, trying to see like... What is she changing? What does she do to allow the team to really, you know, hit that next gear where we've seen them the majority of the season? And it's subtle things. You know, it's, it's, it's not just positioning and knowing where to be and organizing on corners and organizing in defense, even though that's all important. It's her carrying the ball forward. It's her picking out passes and finding midfielders from, from wide. It's her, it's her ability to use her left foot to open up play and to keep the ball moving forward. That is, and it's so, sometimes it's like her dribbling the ball forward, like we saw a time or two and just hitting a long pass to Sam Kerr in the box. Even if something like that is just easily caught by the goalkeeper, it lets the rest of the team know that she's basically silently signaling, I had to do that because I didn't have any other options. Move, and I'll get the ball to you. And, and we saw a lot of that happening where she would kind of carry the ball and then she was able to lay it off. Her players were able to move. You know, Chelsea's so difficult to track off the ball. And when you have a center back who can make great choices, who has great technique and who can carry the ball forward, you allow for so much movement to happen in front that I just don't know how as a defense, you can do anything about that. (laughs) Like, it's almost like she takes the ball and says, okay, you guys go run around and find your spaces and I'll find you. And that is Mm. so invaluable. You know, Millie Bright does some of that, but Magda is the one that really, really, really allows for the team to open up.
0: Yeah, and one thing I was going to mention... So
1: I also, oh, go ahead.
0: Sorry, one thing I was just going to mention there is that I feel like having that stability really allowed our midfield to push on. They didn't have to worry about, um, you know, providing that extra layer of defense because Bayern were getting in through, so we didn't go bright. I think that allowed our midfield to start pressing. And that's something that was non-existent in the first thing, that pressing. But pressing was back and, and it was causing Bayern a lot of damage. So our midfield was able to power on because the defense was so strong and that had a bit of a knock-on effect.
1: Yeah. And, you know, speaking of that press, I really think that that was also a product of Fran Kirby's goal. As suddenly Bayern needed to score. You know, it wasn't just as, as simple as they would be able to, to, to use their game plan, which was going to be to go... And they really wanted to avoid the press. I think we saw that. I think I mentioned that in the last pod. They really gave Chelsea possession in order to avoid being pressed. And in this match, when they needed to score, they started going direct and they started going quite long. And you, and it was still really dangerous because when they got the ball to stick up there, they have so many players who are so talented at being able to get shots and find space. That it was really still difficult but it did give Chelsea opportunities to throw out, to to bring that press back. And so we did see it a few times and we did see Byron Rush and we saw, you know, Neve Charles had a great game. I think she had a, a brilliant game. In fact, let's just talk about those changes, right? Because this was another brand new back line from Emma Hayes, just came out of nowhere. We had Jess Carter playing right back, which actually early on she was out, she switched to the left. I think they just got caught on a switch and stayed there for a second. But Jess Carter was at right back. Of course, you had Millie Brighton and and Magda Erickson. And then you had Neve Charles playing left back. What?
0: Yeah, it was a bit of a crazy combination. And I was a little bit worried when I saw that of Emma Hayes' sort of ways of wanting to change up squads, especially... Well, it's caused so much dysfunction in the past, and it's led to defeats, like here you at know, Brighton. And then again, more recently... But I think um, one thing that was missing in the first leg, you know, the absence of Neve Charles, I think she knew that she was going to need that protection because Neve Charles is able to get up and down the flank quite easily. She's able to provide that extra protection. So when it comes to protecting against fine counter attacks, she knew that Neve Charles would be able to do the job. And in that way, she could also include Jess Carter into the mix. I think she went with something that um, that ensured that both those players were there because I think that's something she got wrong with the first leg. But then again, it's just another sign of her being a bit more. Um, sort of in tune with the changes he needs to make. And though it kind of looked wacky, I think it pretty much worked.
1: Oh, I think it worked brilliantly. It's just that I in thinking about how, especially if all, you know, reasonable health for all players, you know, Magda Eriksson being back, obviously Mary Milda is not going to be back until next season. But you think about all the players we have available. I did not see in any of my guesses of the (laughs) lineup, Neve Charles being a left back. I just didn't see it. But it was perfect because and, and this is, you know, no shade to Jada Anderson, who I think is a really solid left back. It's just that she needed pace there. She needed somebody who was going to kind of be aggressive, was going to be more forward thinking, who was going to make sure that we kind of pinned Bayern back and not just sat back and allowed them to come on to us. And I think that it's almost like Neve Charles is kind of a. She And they kind of mentioned this on the broadcast, even though they said something a little too simplistic for my liking, but she was kind of this half wing back, half fullback situation because just her positioning higher up the pitch really kept Bayern from being able to break down the flanks like they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that space was there with John Anderson because she didn't want them. She didn't want to get beat, you know, behind by the line. But the starting position was so deep that it was really bringing Byron onto us, especially when... You know the transitions would happen, or we turn the ball over, or like after a shot or a shot attempt, or the goalkeeper. You know distribution. It just gave them so much space to play in, and Neve Charles did not allow that space.
0: Mm, it was definitely intentional, as we mentioned. It's something that we were lacking in the first leg, and Emma Hayes picked up on that, and knew straight away what she was going to do with making sure that space was occupied. But also that we know that Neve Charles is more than willing to to get into a foot race with people. You know, and maybe. John Anderson is not as much, um, less so because of her confidence, more so just uh, from a technical perspective. So I think it's nice to know that um, she was able to put in a play that's quite versatile and use those elements to, to kind of snap out Brian's n- main number one move.
1: And another thing that I didn't foresee was that if that was going to be the back line or if Magda Eriksson was going to be back, Sophie Engel was going to be in midfield. We had seen before, especially against Wolfsburg, I believe believe it was the first leg versus Wolfsburg, Sophie Engel was just like getting bypassed so easily in Mm -hmm. midfield. And it wasn't the case in this match. She had a really strong match in there. She really played similar to her defensive midfield role, but it was a midfield three of Melanie Loopholes, obviously, (laughs) Sophie Engel, and G. I think that's the exact same midfield in that first leg versus Wolfsburg, which got ran through, but it almost seemed like it almost seemed like, well, actually, why do you think that change happened? Because I kind of have my theory on that. But what do you think Emma Hayes was thinking going with that midfield against Bayern, where it didn't work well at all against Wolfsburg?
0: I think she knew that the double pivot wasn't working because there was simply too much to do for those two players against a team that, again, were attacking on many different formats, like Wolfsburg had, you know, they have England in the number 10 position. They also use their flanks and they've got, um, you know, an out-and-out striker as well. I think she knew that would be too difficult. I think that having Ingles in the mix, when the Ingles can sit back and absorb pressure fine with a to counter-attack, and that would give the ball carriers, um, G and also Lupot, in a sense, uh, the, the freedom to push forward a little bit and help facilitate the attack, because they knew they had to get goals. They knew that was the key. They could outscore their opponents, then we're through, and that's exactly what happened. But I think the has made a deliberate move in that sense to play Ingles and take the pressure off for an amount to just sit in that spot and absorb everything that was coming their way, and you know, once once we transitioned, got possession, more counter attacking, there were so many holes and gaps opening up in the fire and defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and that, I, I thought similarly. I, I was thinking that you know conceding that midfield space in terms of athleticism and pace could be dangerous. You know, and I saw the the lineup, but. No, Bayern really do utilize the flanks. They try to play. They really try to play wide. They try to stretch you, try to get the ball crossing in the dangerous areas. And then once you're stretched, little gaps come in and then they start kind of moving the ball midfield. It's why Hannah Glass hit that crazy shot in that first leg because she had already stretched the defense. And once she was able to get the ball and she tucked inside a little bit, there was a lot of space there for her to hit that shot. And so I thought it was really brilliant. And even in some of the defensive transition moments, there were some times where it almost looked like we had a back three (laughs) or a back five (laughs) because Sophie Ingle would drop basically in between Erickson and Bright. And it just made it really difficult for Byron to be able to find that space to play the ball into the box. And they had to push it wide. But we, because of the changes that Emma Hayes made, had a decent chance out there. You know, Jess Carter with her physicality and Neve Charles with her pace. It was a much more even matchup and it really kind of neutralized Byron's advantage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think all those things we think about, but how the detail has gone into it. Like this is something Emma Hayes must have known to, to really look into each and every area. It's been so finally picked and, and created. I think that's something that we've really got to give her credit for because it's not easy. It's not easy knowing that your team is struggling and they go down and, and things are difficult. But she's come back and she's learned from those games. And I think her ability to learn and to and for the team to adapt is something that has really grown this season. And it was just really nice to not even nice, but it was quite emotional to see her break down and as she said, you know, she's worked so hard for this, this moment. It was just, yeah. You know, there were a few tears. There was some. There was some wetness in my eyes, which may or may not have been because I had something in my eye. Or it could have been something else. But it was. <laughs> it was really nice to see that she got what she's been working so hard for.
1: I think the collective, all of Chelsea supporters had a little, you know, allergy attack at about the same time. I think a a bunch of just pollen just flew into our eyes all at the same time after after that full time whistle. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just just an incredible match. And and so I want to go back and, and kind of recap the goals just just so we can kind of give credit to everybody who deserves it in this match. So obviously we started out with Fran Kirby, who got the goal in the 10th minute, which is amazing. Uh And then Byron equalized with a ridiculous goal. Sarah Zadrazil, where did that come from? What is in your boots? <laughs> what was that? That was such an absurd hit, and I was just like, you know what? If Chelsea ends up going out on that, I don't know if I can complain too much. <laughs> Obviously, I wanted them to score more goals you know to 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 try and win it, but it's just and i and and the players kind of felt that too a little bit, you know, once you give up. That's kind of the impact of Hannah Glass's uh, goal in the you know Bayern scoring stunners in two legs. Each leg was wild, and it definitely those kind of things do change a match, at least in the moment or temporarily or soon thereafter. Is that when you get a shot like that after you've worked hard, you know you you've finally gotten through Bayern's defense, you got the goal, and then you're like, okay, now we can focus on what we need to do to accomplish this goal. And suddenly, out of nowhere, nothing out of nothing. And I know people can argue and and criticize a little bit and say that that's too much space to give anybody. They're always going to take a hit like that. Yeah, I agree. That's always going to be a shot. But nine times out of 10, that shot ends up in the stands. Mm -hmm. We know that, right? This time, there was wickedness in that shot. It curled, it hit the underside of the post. Berger was just standing there like, what just happened?
0: (laughs) I think the technicality of the shot was the most credible thing for me because they showed several slow mos and I saw a few things online and it's just she collected the ball in the same movement she was setting herself up for the shot and it was so quick that as you mentioned Ferger only had time to look to her left to, to her left and see the ball go in and I think there was too much happening as it was so we kind of give a little bit of slack but even if there wasn't anything happening that kind of shot you just kind of had to sometimes accept it and yeah like you mentioned sure we gave her quite a bit of space and you know the the marking again was a bit suspect coming out of the I think it was a corner or something yeah um, so you know even regardless of all those things I think it was just an incredible incredible shot more importantly the Chelsea's reaction to it
1: yeah absolutely that was one of the things that was it was kind of nervy because then Byron got a whole lot of confidence after that mm. and they really came on to us and it really took us you know quite a bit to you know settle back down to get our defensive responsibilities to, to get back into the game plan because Bayern were like, okay, we scored the goal. You know, we're we're, we're through, we're good. Like we're going to go ahead and pile on and do what we did in the last uh, in the last leg. But Chelsea was able to keep them out and settle them down until about the 43rd minute when G, I love G. I know that on this podcast from early days when we were talking about the midfield and how it wasn't, or the, the front attacking line with G and how it wasn't quite working with her in the 10 roll and all of that. Listen, both of us still have so much love for G and this was such a great moment to see. And this is also one of those things that shows like the the range of G's cleverness because that free kick, she was going to try and bend. That was a, that was close. It was a close free kick to try to get up and down. And she was going to try and get it up and down and curling into that top, into the near post, basically right inside and tuck it into the near post. But it ended up getting blocked and she quicker than anyone else reacts to it and hits a shot that goes to the other side, the far side netting and just rolls. And the goalkeeper is looking at it. It wasn't a powerful shot, but it was so well placed. And so to me, in my mind, being able to quickly transition and say, I'm going to hit the ball and make it do this. And then as soon as that doesn't work, your immediate reaction is, "Okay, well, I'll just put it over there. (laughs) And that's what G did. And it was so great to see when I saw the ball I, I don't think I could even see the ball I just saw the net move and I was like oh my god she just did it
0: yeah and I think if you watch the slow you see the amount of confusion that's going on because nobody knows where the ball is and as you mentioned she's the first to react but the Bayern defense is in complete disarray and the goalkeeper probably can't even see what's going on because there's so many players in front of us so a bit of bad luck there but as you mentioned she's so sort of quick quick to what's happening around her the spatial awareness is so slick and it's something that she's obviously picked up from her number 10 days. And, you know, playing in that shadow striker role gives you certain anticipation, a certain sort of readiness to, to play the ball. And I think we saw that today. Just because she's reverted to a different position does not mean that she does not have those skills.
1: And I think that last part is a great point. It's just that in this team, those skills are better utilized a bit further down. And I think that, you know, she, we've talked about this before, you know, she has been a revelation in midfield because she is able to find that space. She is able to keep the ball moving. She is able to find players who are making runs. And and as we said, like just with Magda Erickson, Chelsea does so so much off the ball movement and rotates so much, particularly in attack, that you need players who are really good at finding that space, reading those runs and putting the ball where it needs to be. And having G a bit further back to where she can pick all of that out is amazing. But yeah, th- this goal was just, it, it made me smile so much. And her reaction was great. I think that's like one of the first times the tears started welling up a little bit <laughs> because her reaction was so great. Not only was it joy, but it was just like the whole team piling on top of her and everything. It was just, it was such a great moment and such a great goal. And Chelsea really needed it because that was right before halftime. And I think, you know, thinking about it, you're either going in halftime what, one-one? What's the team talk? Like the, the difference in team talk between going in halftime one one and going in halftime up two one changes things so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that gave us so much confidence in a way we kind of had to ride the wave and Bayern scored. But when we got that goal in G, it picked up the whole team and and you know then obviously Bayern were forced to come out to attack and all those gaps that opened up Chelsea were just piling on. And we really saw the extent of our attacking options. So the third goal that came, it came from a different angle. It wasn't us playing centrally. It came from a set piece.
1: Yeah. And this one, this is Prinell Harder getting on the end of a wicked cross from Jess Carter. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Jess Carter's cross is all match had been kind of floating and, and you know, without a ton of pace. And they've been dropping in good areas, but they really gave the goalkeeper a lot of time to come and collect or, or get under it and, and be able to, you know, somebody be able to head it out because Byron are a tall team. And so it was difficult for to find space in the air to connect. The cross that she hit, and I was actually trying to figure out at first, was it a shot? <laughs> but I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it was a cross and she hit it so flat. And with such pace that I think it caught Byron out. I think they were waiting for some of those, for that kind of floater mm-hmm. and it didn't come. It was like, a, it was just bang, bang. All of a sudden it was foot, ball flying into the box. Pernille Harder is jumping in the air and nods it into the back of the net. And it's just like, I just kind of like, kind of shook my head a little bit and stared at the screen. Like, where did that come from?
0: <laughs> there was there was definitely an element of surprise because if you watch, the um, I keep saying this, but if you watch the replay, you see that she's in acres of space and that doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen because Bayern were sloppy in defence. That happened because they weren't really prepared for the nature of that cross, as you mentioned. It came in so quick and really, I'm um, not really bright, sorry. And Ronaldo was so quick to react that they were, just, uh, they were just unable to react. And that's one thing I think that we've done better this game is reacting and adapting quickly. And it's kind of just really forced Bayern back. They haven't been able to play their normal game and here we are attacking them from different, um, areas from you know central areas and, and the counter attack and now obviously from crosses so I think I think they were caught out by the amount of central possession we were having and dribbling and suddenly come in with cross so I think as you mentioned it was just switching things up from the team but they just weren't ready for it and that final goal seemed to be the, the final nail on the coffin
1: yeah the final goal was and I, I wanted just real quick before we move on to that I want to shout out Pernell Harder because she played so aggressively <laughs> Or in both legs that it was so good to see her get the goal. I know she scored, um, or she, sorry. <laughs> it was so good to see her get that goal because she had been, I, I, you can tell, I said this last time, you can tell she does not like Bayern. <laughs> and she loved scoring that goal. And obviously, it was a necessary goal it was a goal in a semifinal, it was a goal that Chelsea needed. But she had been trying so hard. I mean, running hard, diving into challenges and everything, just like her intensity level was exponentially higher than what we've we've seen it. She's normally kind of a calm, classy player who kind of floats and glides around the pitch. She was getting into it. She was diving into those duels and getting herself into it. Like you could tell she really wanted this and this goal meant so much. And then even before that last goal, and I'm going to chalk this up, I'm going to chalk. that I'm going to say that Sam Kerr missed that chance because she knew that it deserved to be Fran Kirby to score this final goal. All right. That's the narrative, the official narrative that Fran Kirby's Fight Club is going with. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, no, Sam. And then after that, Byron got excited, like just feeling the emotions of the match. Like after Sam Kerr missed that shot, Byron was like, okay, we're going to go win this now. Like, we're going to go get to the final because that was their chance. And they put us under so much pressure. I don't even know how many goal line clearances they needed. Berger made one. I think Erickson made one. Not sure if Charles got in the way of something. Sam Kerr made a crucial block. Like, they were just all on top of us, you know. And then they brought their goalkeeper forward. We were able to wrestle the ball out. The referee played a great advantage. I want to give a shout out to the Mm. referee because there was an elbow really high into the face of Drew Spence who had just come on and she fell backwards, you know, clutching her face and she could have blown the whistle and stopped it. And honestly, would have been fine because Chelsea could have wasted a bunch of time, got the ball into the corner, you know, from that free kick and probably ended the match there. But her allowing that play to continue allowed us to find Fran Kirby to do and close the match the only way it deserved. Fran Kirby on the break, nobody able to catch her or get close to her, rolling the ball into an empty net. It was just, I mean, you talk about emotional moments. Like, I mean, no dry eyes here. None.
0: (laughs) It's crazy also the the level of athleticism from the Chelsea team because it was such a draining game to play in the first leg. And they had to come back and, you know, recover for a while and then sort of go again at this intensity. And then for Franca to still be running the way she is running, the way we know that she runs, at the end of this game, knowing her team are already through, there's no pressure. But she still goes in with that same intensity, and she wants it for her team. As you said, the goal celebration, it, it pulled on the heartstrings.
1: And you, I think that's a great point, just to emphasize the the exhausting nature of that match and intensity of it. Emma Hayes only made two subs. Sure. Pernell Harder came out and Melanie Loopholes came out and both came out quite late. I think Pernell Harder came out right before that because that's why Drew Spence was on the pitch. And it was such a demanding match. And Fran Kirby, all match, was getting stepped on, getting kicked, getting knocked down. You know, it was a brutal match for her. And she scores the first goal of the match and she scores the last goal of the match. And I just can't think of any better scenario to put Chelsea through to the Champions League final than having Fran Kirby put her stamp all over this match.
0: And hopefully having Fran Kirby lift that trophy because that would just be an amazing sight. I think I think no Chelsea fan, no fan of women's football would ever forget that at the moment Fran Kirby held the Champions League trophy.
1: Oh, you can't you can't make me think about that. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. That right I'm sorry. <laughs> I
1: cannot think about that right now. I mean, we we are going to do a preview of the final on our own, but just since you brought it up, <laughs> what are your quick initial thoughts on Chelsea versus Barcelona? And we'll do a full breakdown later, but just your quick hits. Uh, what are you thinking right now for the final?
0: I think the big thing... For us, as it, as it always has been against these big sides, is the midfield because Barcelona possess attack that, that's scored over 100 goals this season. They have a defence that's very tight. They're not going to allow us to play through them. But what they will do is punish us for our mistakes. It's not going to be the same as Wolfsburg missing a ton of chances. It's not going to be the same as you know Bayern being forced back into positions. This is a whole different situation for, to deal with. I think we have to really make sure that we're playing our strongest to level. I think... That midfield three might be a really good way to go because it worked against, um, they worked today against Bayern Munich, and I think it will work against Barcelona because it's a similar situation in terms of um playing transitional football but also a very strong counter of team. So I think Emma Hayes really needs to shore up to that midfield, maybe perhaps even think about Aaron Cuthbert. It's going to be quite difficult, I think, to pick. Um, but we've really got to make sure we don't make any mistakes there.
1: Yeah, I think my initial thoughts are quite similar. I know, I I know. Bayern can really get at you. And if you saw if you watch the, the the semifinal that preceded Chelsea uh, versus Bayern, they just really stretched PSG and got goals from one of those wide spaces. Caroline Graham Hansen is incredible. Lika Martins came in and get a couple goals. Like they are a really good team and like to do similar things. They're almost like Bayern was also almost like Barcelona light <laughs> or Diet Barcelona. So we're gonna really need to shore up those flank areas. And they have the ability, uh, Barcelona also has the ability with one of the best midfielders in the world to play centrally as well. So it's going to be so difficult. And the key thing for me is Emma Hayes won't have a second leg. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Going to have to get
1: it right initially. And that's been a struggle. So, (laughs) so, yeah. I'm
0: scared scared about that. You mentioned it. It's kind of of struck with me. We're not going to have a second chance to do this. We might have a second half of the game if there's something yeah. that you know she might at best have 15 minutes and not have a week to discuss how we're going to have to discuss things at half time it really bad first half we're just going to have to implement and kind of force the changes and force the team to believe in themselves of course we're kind of assuming the worst we're assuming that it's going to be a tough half for us but if that's the way it goes she's not gonna have the same amount of time she normally has in between legs
1: yeah absolutely so it's going to be it's going to be intense we're going to break it down later but let's just get back to this match and just just give me all of the tell me tell me what you were feeling throughout that match just just the ebb and flow of it how much of a roller coaster it was like what was the experience and then for this to be the end result, how are you feeling right now? How was the full ride?
0: I think my heart was in my mouth. A lot of moments, every time Bayern got the ball, <laughs> I was afraid that it was going to result in a counterattack because that's exactly what we saw in the first leg. Then I noticed the small changes the tweaks, the fact that Chelsea was stopping them from doing that. So I knew in my heart, we've, we've done our homework, we've learned. And then I think I was confident that we were going to score goals. But then when that screamer went in, there was a feeling in my gut that was just thought, mm-hmm. oh no. Is this is going to be, sorry, excuse me. Is this is going to be another one of those games. But then, how can you ever doubt the powers of Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr? And they, they pull through for us. And I think it's just, it was just a feeling of sheer joy and just an overwhelming feeling of emotion. Like, I'm getting a little bit emotional thinking about you now. It was just. I'm just so happy for the team that it turned out this way because Faze has gone through so much and the Hayes has gone through so much and Kirby has gone through so much. This is the very least of what they deserve.
1: I think that's a great way to say it. And, and, uh, and all of that really came over me as well because you think of, you know, unfortunately what tends to happen when you build a great team is people expect great performances and expect you to get to all the finals and all the, you know, get all the plaudits. And when you don't, then they criticize you. But there is a journey there is a path that you still have to go down, no matter how talented your team is. You still have to go out and put the performances together at the right times. You have to get the results. You have to play hard. Sometimes you have to play against teams who just want to score worldies against you. And you have to come back with from that somehow. You have to defend on the line and in your own box. Then you have to be clinical at the other end of the pitch. Like There are so many moments that... It's more than just saying, oh, Chelsea made all these great signings. They're going to be in the Champions League final. If you would have said that last year, fine. Like, and you would have been right. But you would have missed this entire journey that this team has been on to get to this point. Not just this season, too. Like, getting these players and building this team. Like you said, this has been a decade, almost decade-long project for Chelsea and Emma Hayes. And it has been just seeing this come together and watching how they were able to respond. This team is so resilient. How they're able to respond from some of these things, you know. <laughs> they got that, that really lucky, fortunate goal from Melanie Loopoles in the first leg, and you're thinking, wow, man, this tie could have been over. You know, Byron could have scored three or four. This could have been difficult. But then Chelsea comes up, and like you said earlier, this is like a brand-new Chelsea. This team was so different. It wasn't just Magda Erickson, It was having a brand-new left-back. Neve Charles playing left-back for the first time. I mean, you need stuff like that, even though... People will look at it and say, you know, oh, with Sam Kerr, Pennell Harder, Fran Kirby, Melanie Lupo's, uh, Magda Erickson. You should be fine. Like, that team is great. And and Burger, you've got great pieces. But you need Neve Charles to come in and play a crucial role at a brand new position. She never played left back for Chelsea before. <laughs> and this was just a few matches after she'd never played right back at Chelsea before. She's only got, like, what, three or four appearances at right back? And then to switch over to the other flank, just, like... It's those moments to me and it's those performances to me that really just build the team and make the team so much, so so much more special than just the big names and being able to assemble these talents. It's Emma Hayes putting all of the players in position to play a role. And I was just like that reaction from Emma Hayes, the team you know, the reaction to Fran Kirby's goal, like I was just, it was a ride. Like I say, it was it was rough when, when they score that stunner. I was like, oh, come on. Like we played hard. We've gotten this goal. You know, we're just trying to not allow that to happen. Like trying to keep Byron out is difficult under normal, normal chance creation circumstances, but then they score worldies too. And you're like, come on, like, that's not even fair. Almost kind of like what it feels like to play Chelsea.
0: Sometimes
1: (laughs) you back in the box and then all of a sudden somebody hits a banger from 30 yards out. And it's like, okay, well that's, that's rude. But uh, yeah, I could talk about this team forever. I just, I was just so relieved and so happy for everyone on the pitch, you know, all, all the, everyone involved with Chelsea being able to get this goal, you get the goals necessary to move on to the final. We are in a champions league final. How awesome is that?
0: It's almost too much to bear, really. But um, I'm just going to try to roll with it almost and enjoy the moment. I think a lot of people listening should enjoy the moment. It's scary and emotional and intense, but let's just enjoy that we're here and we'll worry about the final when it comes around.
1: 100%. We are going to enjoy this. We are going to have fun with this we're going to look back at this match as a classic this was a wonderful Chelsea performance we are going to enjoy this you guys need to do the same we will be back to break down Chelsea and Barcelona and talk about the we'll preview it and talk about you know tactically what Chelsea can do and needs to do that's really tremendous opponent over there but right now enjoy this we know the players are enjoy this it's almost unfortunate you know I, I appreciate you know the the purpose of the social media boycott. Once it's over, I want to see so much. I want to see nothing but talk about this team. <laughs> did today? Like this is how we're going to win. When, when we start tweeting again, this is what's going to happen. We're going to talk about this in for a for days because the team deserves to enjoy it. The unfortunate thing is they have a FAWSL match coming up, I believe, Wednesday. So they won't get the chance to enjoy it too much. But we're going to do it for them because they deserve it. So. Any last words anything final to say Miriam before we get out of here?
0: Nope just once again you know everything Andre said enjoy it let it sink in and make sure to keep watching highlights and just rewatching and rewatching because you know it doesn't hurt to rewatch things like this.
1: Yeah you know what I w- I would 100% say if you if you can find a way to rewatch this match rewatch it because even though the, the final score makes it look like it was all Chelsea it wasn't but now that you know the end result you can see so much more if you take a second watch. Sometimes it's really great to do that and see, pick out all the performances that led up to this. It was an excellent match from so many players on the pitch. I mean, we we talked about a bunch of them. There's even, There were even more moments in there that we couldn't get to. So absolutely watch it again. We will be back. We will be back to talk to you guys soon. But I don't even know what our normal intro is. <laughs> Subscribe rate review uh, on the podcast. And honestly, just enjoy this. We're in a Champions League final. Wonderful win. God mode, Fran Kirby. Amazing.
0: What more can you ask for?